What is the next prophetic event that will happen in the Middle East? Many prophecies concerning that era of the world have recently been fulfilled. For example, the Bible prophesies that in the end times the Jews will be regathered from the four corners of the world, an amazing development that occurred in the 20th century and which continues today. The Bible also prophesies that as a result of that regathering, the state of Israel will be reestablished, a momentous event that occurred on May the 14th, 1948. Jesus Himself prophesied that one day the city of Jerusalem would be reoccupied by the Jews, and that event took place on June the 7th, 1967. Finally, the biblical prophet stated that once the nation of Israel was reestablished, all the world would come together against it over the issue of who will control Jerusalem, and that is exactly what is happening today. So, what's next? Most believe it will be an invasion of Israel led by Russia accompanied by a number of Muslim nations. But our guest today believes otherwise. He thinks the next great prophetic event in the Middle East will be a war between Israel and all the Arab nations that share a common border with it. Where does he get that idea? Who is going to win that war? And what will be the consequences? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm sitting here in a hotel room uh, at a hotel near the Dallas uh, International, Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, and I'm here for a major Bible prophecy conference. And I am delighted to have with me a man that uh, I have corresponded with for, seems like forever, for at least the last six to eight months, and never had an opportunity to meet him. His name is Bill Solace. Bill, we're so glad to have you with us. David, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your program today. Now, tell us where you're from. I'm from Palm Springs, California, Indio area out there in Southern California. Well, I'm glad we finally got you in the Dallas area. Uh, Bill and I have been corresponding for so long, uh, back and forth, and it's really a joy to meet him personally now. Bill is a relatively new person on the scene when it comes to uh, Bible prophecy, but I want to tell you what, he hit it with a big splash. And that is, he uh, wrote a book entitled Israel Stein. In fact, I have a copy of that book right here. Uh, and we're going to tell you at the end of the program how you can get a copy of it. But uh, Bill came up with um, some really great ideas in this book that helped to explain some things that had never been explained before concerning end-time Bible prophecy. But i tell you what, Bill, before we get to that, I want to just take a moment to let our viewers get better acquainted with you. So tell us a little bit about your background, your family, whatever. Well, I'm married. I've got, been married 36 years. My lovely wife, Tony. I've got three adult children and two grandchildren. I uh, was a professional musician for many years in the Hawaiian Islands. And then I uh, went on to another career after that and got my business degree and opened a mortgage company in uh, Big Bear Lake, California. That's where I met Chuck Missler and became a Christian. That was back in 1992. I became a Christian by attending his Revelation Studies there was a Calvary Chapel up there right next door to my office and he was teaching on Revelation and I wasn't a Christian at the time and I was a friend with the pastor Mike Fulmer of Calvary there and he invited me to come over he, he knew I'd be interested in something like that and sure indeed I was 
And so I immediately uh, just was fascinated by Bible prophecy, through, especially the way Chuck Missler taught it. I became a sponge. I went out and bought all of his. <laughs> well, and then, we, then there was an earthquake in 1992, a 7.2 earthquake right there in the area. And right. Chuck Missler left like uh, a month after I became born-again Christian. So I got all of his tapes and books and Dr. Ronald Fruchtenbaums and so on and so forth. And just Well, brother, you must have been studying nonstop. I mean, it's hard to believe that you become a Christian in 1992 and already have a best-selling book on Bible prophecy. Uh, this is true. I was just fascinated every morning before I went to work, about 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> spent a couple hours studying prophecy. and So you hit the ground running trying to make up for lost time, huh? <laughs> I did. I was just so intrigued. Well, I tell you, that's an amazing story, Bill. And, I, and, and to me, there's only one answer to what has happened, and that is that... Uh, God gave you a supernatural anointing to understand Bible prophecy, uh, to be able to explain it to others, and to give you some insights that you just couldn't have gotten that quickly uh, studying Bible prophecy. Well, thank you, David. I, I, I feel very blessed that uh, God met me in those studies, and those studies turned into chapters, and now we've got a book. Well, let's get to your book here for a moment, because I tell you it is something else, and I want people to, uh, to realize how important this book is. And let me get into this by saying that in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it speaks of a great invasion of Israel in the end times. Uh, most people believe this is going to be led by Russia, together with a lot of Muslim nations. And uh, there are some problems with this, because most Bible prophecy scholars, until you came on the scene, believe this would be the next major prophetic event. But the problem is that in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it says over and over that Israel will be living securely. It says that in, for example, verse 8 of 38. In verse 11, they will be living without walls. In verse 14, they will be living securely. And that is not the situation in Israel today. And yet people have said, well, it's just a relative thing. They're, they're relatively living securely, but they're not. And so how could this be the next event when, when that condition has not been met. Also, there is a puzzling thing about the prophecy, and that is that when it names the Russian allies, it does not include any of the Arab nations that have a common border with Israel. Mm -hmm. You have come up with a solution to both of those. Tell us about it. Okay, well, and it's interesting because, you know, with all the rub, uh, elbow rubbing that uh, Russia is doing these days and muscle flexing that Russia is doing these days, it does appear as though this would be the next prophecy to be fulfilled. And I did an article that you actually put in your Lamplighter magazine called Psalm 83 versus Ezekiel 38, which is the next Middle right. East news headline. And in that article, I discussed six to seven reasons. I believe it was six, but I found a seventh now that I'll share with your audience uh, as to why Israel is not in that condition yet for, for, for uh, Russia to invade. Like you said, they're not dwelling securely. I have a chapter in the book called uh, Israel Dwelling Securely, and the two Hebrew words are Yeshav Vathash. And they're not dwelling securely. They are, of course, they had 4,000 rockets lobbed at them from Hezbollah and, and so on and so forth in the summer of 2000. And they're not dwelling without walls, which is another th condition they have to be in. They have a Back to building walls. Yeah, they have a 403-mile <laughs> wall that at some point, that they're almost done completing, that at some point is 20 feet, feet high to keep the Palestinian terrorist element out of Israel proper. Um, they are not dwelling in the center of the land. This is the new one I discovered. It says in Ezekiel... Uh, 38, he's saying that Israel, uh, this is brought up by Sheba and Dedan when they're saying 
Israel is in the midst of the land when Russia comes against them. And the Hebrew word is tavur. And we have to wonder, well, what, and that means center in the language. We have to wonder what portion of land was he really talking about? Was he talking about that portion of land allotted to the Jewish state in 1947 with UN Resolution 181 of the Partition Plan, or was he perhaps talking about the land allotted to the Jewish people in Genesis 15:18, when God promised to Abraham that he would give them land from the river of Egypt to the river of Euphrates, which courses through Syria and Iraq, which would put the center of that land in Jordan. And I, uh, as I get into the book, and, and hopefully we'll discuss some of this stuff, I talk about how Israel will annex land and find themselves in possession of, of Jordan. It appears to be from several scriptures that I point out in the book. Um, they're not dwelling securely. They're not one of the wealthiest nations in the world. or a, they're not, They haven't acquired the exceedingly great plunder that Russia also comes after. We're given a hint as to the motive of Russia, uh, the consortium of Russian uh, alliance that comes against Israel. They're coming for exceedingly great plunder. Um, some suspect that since Israel is drilling for oil these days, with Zion oil, that they will come into uh, a newfound wealth of oil under their own soil. And they might. And there's a lot of uh, Zion oil, there's prophetic oil is out there. And they, they, t- they tie in connecting passages of the Old Testament where they believe it was foretold that Israel would find oil. However, I don't think it's going to be limited to, to that. I believe it's going to be the exploitation of Arab resources as Israel expands in, and they conquer over Psalm 83 Arab nations, which I'm sure we'll okay, be talking now, about. Okay, now, you mentioned Psalm 83, and that's where we're getting to the heart of what you have written about. So let's pause here for just a moment, and when we come back, we want to jump into Psalm 83 and see what it was that you discovered that no one else seemed to have ever noticed before that solves these problems about Israel living in peace and security and also the mysterious thing that the Russian invasion does not include the surrounding Arab nations. So we'll be back with you in just a moment. In the meantime, folks, what we want to do is show you how you can get in touch with this ministry through our website and find out more about what we do and find out about all the wonderful resources that we have available to help you better understand Bible prophecy. Hello, my name is Nathan Jones, Web Minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're using the internet to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to over one billion people who access the internet now and after the rapture. I'd like to invite you to come and check out our website at www.lamblion.com. You will find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy, gaining a big picture view into God's plan for the ages and learn how His eternal plan relates to you in the here and now. Watch online episodes of Christ and Prophecy for in-depth teachings on end time events. Read from the library of articles covering all aspects of God's prophetic word. Subscribe free to receive the Lamplighter magazine, e-newsletter, and blog to stay up to date on current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Equip yourself to share the good news with others using materials from our resource center. Come visit lamblion.com today. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. My special guest is Bill Solis from California, who is the author of this great book, Israel Stein, that uh, solves some problems, some mysteries about uh, end-time Bible prophecy, and we're going to get to that right now. Bill, let's pick up where you left off. We were talking about uh, the fact that uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 says that the Israelis are going to be living in peace without walls uh, when this Russian invasion occurs. That is not the situation now. 
Secondly, it does not mention any of the Arab nations that have a common border as being part of the invasion. Why aren't they there? Now, you suddenly hit the scene with an answer to both of those questions concerning Psalm 83. Now, how does Psalm 83 answer those questions? Well, yes, David, it is intriguing that Israel's most observable opponents over the last 60 years since the restoration of the nation are not enlisted in the Ezekiel 38 nine-member consortia, consortia of nations. And this has puzzled the scholars a lot recently. Um, and, and these are the very nations that border Israel through which the Russian invasion would be tra tra trespassing into to get into Israel to invade. Mm -hmm. So, of course, why are they not listed? And, of course, what we're referring to is Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and what has evolved out of those entities, Hezbollah, Hamas, Palestinians, and other terrorist entities could be included in that list. Um, 3,000 years ago, oddly enough, a prophecy that has not found its final fulfillment, Psalm 83, issued by Asaph, the seer, it enlists all of these specific populations that we're talking about. There's 10 of them in total. And in my book, I've gone through and, and traced who they are, because when Asaph wrote this prophecy, he was speaking in the vernacular of his time. He was talking about Edomites and Philistians and Tyrenes from Tyre. Well, you know, who could he have been talking about? And it turns out he appears to have been talking about the Palestinian refugees, the Hamas, the Hezbollah. He talks about Assyria, which would, would encompass Syria and part of northern Iraq. He talks about the Hagarenes, which uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum and myself subscribe to being um, Hagar was the matriarch, uh, a matriarch of Egypt. She mothered Ishmael to Abraham. So we look at them as the Egyptians. Ishmaelites, we look at them as the Saudi Arabians. And, I, and throughout the book, I weave in these connections of who these people are through the research that I've done. And they are absent from the Ezekiel 38 invasion. So I was intrigued by Psalm 83. And of course, the theme of the book is Psalm 83. And I talk about how this, and the, the psalm talks about these ten populations coming together with one consent in an attempt to destroy the nation of Israel, that the name Israel would be remembered no more. So I, I look at that as, a, and most scholars agree that event has not been fulfilled yet, so I look at that as a forthcoming event in light of the, the way we see the stage setting over in the Middle East presently. It answers the question why aren't those nations included in Ezekiel 38 and 39? And so, and then I get into how God deals with that battle. We'll probably be talking a little bit about in the interview as well through the exceedingly great army of Ezekiel 37:10, which I believe the Israeli Defense Forces will fulfill that prophecy. So they're not listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. They are listed in Psalm 83. And so I make a distinction between the two. Now when the Israeli Defense Forces defeat, I call it the Israeli conquest in the book, and I call these nations of Psalm 83 the inner circle. Okay, now, now wait a minute, let, let, let's make sure that the viewer understands this. You're saying that Psalm 83 is a war that's going to be fought before the war in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Yes. And that it will be a war in which Israel will defeat all of these Arab nations that have a common border with it. Yes. And, that, and, and Israel will expand into that territory. Yes. And therefore, that's the reason they're not mentioned in the Russian invasion. Yes. Okay. That's four yeses. All right. <laughs> We're on to something here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This, this really is my are. hypothesis. 
and that and that solves the problem too that of Israel having peace. Solves it, and it also solves the problem of Israel moving into the center of the land, the midst of the land. It also solves the problem of them being exceedingly wealthy because they will be able to exploit the Arab resources. Uh, they, I believe that it will be a safer Israel. More Aliyah will come forward. More Jews will come into Israel. They will exploit the resources and expand territorially. And they will be that, become that ripe carrot on a string that Russia and Iran look at their chops to come after for that exceedingly great plunder. Well, I tell you what, Bill, when I read uh, your book, and, and you sent me a copy before it was published, uh, I was just sitting there saying, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this answers all these questions, and I couldn't understand why anybody, myself included, had never seen this before. Because I'd always wondered, why is it, it says Russia, they're living in peace, and these others are not mentioned as part of the Russian invasion, and it just I think the Lord gave you an insight there, and it just pulls it all together and makes it so clear that the Israelis will fight this war, win this war, occupy these territories, have the peace, and that's why they're not included in the invasion. And and Israel really will be living in peace. Well, I tell you, it's quite an insight. And and I just get excited about it. I thank you for it. It's, it's, it's a really a great insight. And how has it been received? It has been received fairly well well, with scholars like yourself and many others. Um, It's caused a lot of people to dive deeper into the psalm (laughs) and try to understand it. See, the interesting thing about it, it is a petition, it's it's a prophecy put into a petition-only format. That's right. It's not like Ezekiel 38 and 39 where, as we say in California, you get the entire enchilada. You're right, and it does raise a very important question, and the question is this. It never says in the psalm who wins this war. So how do you know the Israelis win this war? Well, the, uh, there's several reasons for that, David. That I, for, and the very basic starting one, theologically, is that um, God promised Abraham that he would have descendants forever, and those would be the Jewish people. What we're talking about is a probably nothing less or nothing short of a genocidal attempt against the Jewish people by the Arab Arab nations that we talked about, those ten populations. Uh, God is a promise keeper, and he will not allow the Jewish people to be destroyed. Hitler was unsuccessful, and of course the litany of attempts. In fact, in Amos he says, I'm going to put you in that land and you'll never be rooted up again. Exactly. Uh, if, if God keeps his promise to Israel, you know, which we know he will, then the, Jewish, uh, the Jews will, will win. But, but what connected this for me, David? is Ezekiel 37.10. You know, many people, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, myself included, believe that Ezekiel was transported in Ezekiel chapter 37, 2,600 years ago into the 1940s, where he, he saw the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. And this represented the Jewish people in the diaspora in a, in a devastating grave uh, Holocaust condition. And it says, and God even asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, God, you know, what a profound question that turns out to be. Because if they don't survive, the very thing we're talking about, God broke his promise to Abraham. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. I'm interviewing Bill Solis, who is the uh, author of this great book, Israel Stein, that uh, gives us a development of Psalm 83. And along that line, Bill, I uh, want to get something in here very quickly, and that is <coughs> excuse me, about this time that you were getting this insight from the Lord, wasn't something discovered in Ireland? 
Yes, I believe it was July of 2006, an engineer was digging up some Irish bog soil, and he found under the soil, almost unblemished, a parchment open specifically to Psalm 83. What? That, that is just amazing. And, and, and that was on the news all over the world. I remember, I, I saw photographs of it and all. And then, bang, here you come with Psalm 83. Well, the rabbis say there's no such thing as kosher, right? As a, as a word, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Now, to a, a very important question, and we don't have much time. Uh, the question is this. Traditionally, Bible prophecy teachers have said that peace would come to Israel only when the Antichrist made a covenant with them that would guarantee their security. Now, you're saying the Israelis are going to defeat all of their Arab neighbors around them, occupy their authority, territory, have peace, and become a world superpower. And uh, they don't need an Antichrist to guarantee their peace. So what is the Antichrist covenant all about? Exactly. The traditional viewpoint that has been taught through the, for the past 60 years has come from the limited lens of a lesser Israel, in my estimation. Mm -hmm. um, Ehud Olmort said in uh, September 14th that the notion of a greater Israel is expired. And then on the 19th, Ahmadinejad said the idea of a lesser Israel is about to be expired. I'm paraphrasing his verbiage. But the, the, the way I look at it is I look through the lens of, of a greater Israel. Israel is going to expand they are going to come out of this little 9,000 square box that they, they were allotted with UN Resolution um, of 1947, the Partition Plan. As a result of the Psalm 83 war, they are going to become an exceedingly great army. They are going to possess not only their arsenal, but they will have the opportunity to possess some Arab arsenal as well. They are going to be very powerful. I then say it is followed uh, like a Goliath shadow coming in behind that comes Ezekiel 38 and 39, where Russia comes after Psalm 83, these nations. And in the process, their God exhibits his power, and he defeats that, that invasion. The purpose of the Israeli Defense Forces is only to, to deal with Psalm 83. They're not even necessary in Ezekiel 38 and 39, apart from perhaps burying the dead, burning some weapons and things like that in the aftermath. God destroys them. So what we have, by, and I put these events pre-tribulational, and I put them, the Antichrist coming onto the scene in the aftermath of both of these powerful genocidal attempts against the Jewish people. So we have to be looking at this, when we, when we try to understand the contents of the Antichrist pact with Israel, mm -hmm. we have to be looking at a, through the lens of a greater Israel in my estimation. The, the Israeli Defense Forces exhibited their might, achieved the title and fulfilled the prophecy of being a great army. God will have accomplished his purposes, which says I, you know, that the Jewish people will recognize he is God and the nations of the world will recognize he's God. And so what is the, the stage when the Antichrist comes on the scene in light of the fact that these two events could precurse the tribulation period? And some of the, the, the most vast uh, literature in the scriptures in, is in Isaiah 28. When, they talk, when it, Isaiah says that this Daniel 9.27 covenant becomes a, a, a covenant with death, an agreement with Sheol. And it, it's a picture, if you read Isaiah 28, of the Jewish people in a very empowered condition. And they are intoxicated with their empowerment. All the way from Ephraim on through to um, the priests, the prophets, even the people that fight back at the gate, I presume that would be the exceedingly great army, they're all intoxicated with this power. So it says that when they sign this covenant in, in Isaiah 28, 15, and 18, that they are expecting 
that an overflowing scourge that will be coming will they'll escape that scourge. So we have to ask, well, what is this overflowing scourge they could be re referring to? Could it be um, the 144,000 witnesses have been running around talking about the day of the Lord's coming, the revelation judgments could be forthcoming? Could it be uh, uh, the Gentile nations of the world uh, are going to war and Israel's concerned about that? Um, you know, we've already talked about Psalm 83 occurring and Ezekiel 38 occurring. I don't necessarily see another war apart from the Armageddon campaign after that, although there may be some. Could it be that's the scourge they're worried about, that they want peace from that? But the traditional viewpoint has been, you know, that the, it's a peace between the Arabs and the Jews and or a protection of, for Israel from the world in general. But I look at it as a different way. Perhaps it's a protection from the world of an empowered Israel on some level. So, and then it goes on to say, in Isaiah 28:18, that this covenant will be annulled and that the scourge will pass through. Now we do also know that the, in the Armageddon campaign, the Antichrist is going to come forward and he's going to try to destroy the Jews. And in Zechariah 13:8, it talks about two-thirds of them being cut up. It'll cut off and being destroyed. So we, this could be the scourge as well. But they're thinking by signing some covenant with this individual that some overflowing scourge is not going to come their way. And, of course, God says that's going to be annulled. And it does say in, in Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28 chapter 20, uh, verse 22, a little bit further down, that God has determined an end for the whole world. So it could very well be it's the day of the Lord, the day of Jacob's trouble, things along those lines that I don't know if they feel they could escape that. I'm, again, I'm, I'm conjecturing. Um, you know, it's, I think it's a milestone to consider the possibility that it's not a peace pact between the Palestinians and the Israelis, but it's something much bigger and much broader. So I don't know exactly what the content is. I'm hoping to write another book and find that out someday. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope the Lord gives you that insight very soon. Thank you. Uh, Bill, I really appreciate you being on our program. It's a great blessing. And um, I'd like for you to just look into that uh, camera right in front of you for a moment and tell people how they can get in touch with your ministry. Yes, David, thank you. Uh, my website is prophecydepot.com. That's www.prophecydepot.com, like Home Depot, D-E-P-O-T. <laughs> and I have many articles on there. You can purchase my book on that site. Um, you can also get it from Amazon.com, and there are some bookstores like Borders and Barnes and & Nobles that are carrying it. Uh, but for sure you can get it on my website. Um, it's a fascinating book. I, I, I I hope you enjoy it, and please blog me when you do read it. Um, my contact information is right on the front cover of my website and how you can reach me on the website, so I, I look forward to that. Now, uh, uh, Bill, I know that you do a, a number of radio interviews, and uh, do you have any of those posted on your website? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do, and I still have our interview posted on there. Parts one <laughs> yeah, we had a great two. time talking back and ah, forth. That was one of my favorite radio Except I got kind of carried away, and I think you had to break it up into two programs, didn't you? Well, you warned me that might happen. <laughs> But I'm glad it did. I've gotten a lot of good responses about those interviews. Yeah, I got tickled at that because you said you weren't sure. You kept wanting me to give you questions and all. And I said, well, Bill, you know, once we get started, I tell you, I can talk. Well, you told me, you know, I got five or six questions. Usually I get 10, 11 questions. I said, David, this will likely just be a part one. And you warned me. Well, folks, I, I hope you will go to uh, Bill's website and uh, get acquainted with his ministry, his book, his writings. He's right on target. This is not a sensationalist. This is a man who everything he writes is firmly rooted in the Scriptures. You do that and uh, invite him to come and speak to your church because I know he would love to do that. 
Well, that's our program for this week. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan has organized an outstanding Bible prophecy conference to be held near Dallas on the last weekend in June. Gifted worship leader Marty Getz will kick off the conference Friday night, June 26th. Dr. Reagan will share the spiritual signs of the times. Cult specialist Ron Carlson will respond to the question, are there many roads to God? And expose the dangers of the emergency church movement. Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Dallas, will speak about absolute truth. Doctrinal expert Mike Gendron will describe the Bible-driven church. The conference is free, but registration is required. Visit landline.com to register. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 